0: In episode 10 of MobyCast, John and Chris consider reality where AWS crushes under its own weight. Welcome to MobyCast, a weekly conversation about containerization, Docker, and modern software deployment. Let's jump right in.
1: Welcome, Rich and Chris. Hey. Hey, guys. Remind me now is this number 10 that we're doing, MobyCast number 10? It is. Excellent. DHE. How exciting. DHE, what does that mean? <laughs> That's Italian for ten. Is that where you were visiting? Oh, an, an yeah. Italian. In Italian. Got it. <laughs> cool. So yeah, let's let's start the way we normally start. Uh Chris, maybe you can tell us what you've been up to this week or or lately, since since it's been a it's actually I'll tell the audience it's been a few weeks since we've recorded one, since we've had some vacations scheduled.
2: Yeah, so um me personally, I have literally been on a plane for the last four or five weeks, it feels like. So two, two international trips, um, one domestic. Um, uh, I think I slept in my own bed, maybe four nights out of, out of 30, um, logged about 30, somewhere between 30 to 35,000 miles in the air and, uh, picking up a bit of a Italian, um, visiting, visiting Rome and then also a little bit of, Spanish and Portuguese um, down in Brazil for 10 days um, with the rest of the Kelsis team. So I'm, I'm that was so out, fun. I'm, I'm trying
1: to figure out what time zone I'm in. <laughs> right. Yeah, Kelsis Camp was so fun. I'll, I'll jump in and say that that's been one of the biggest things I've done lately was I was down in Brazil also with Chris and with the rest of the Kelsis team, and we just had an incredible time being close to the beach and also learning. Um, we all became certified product owners, uh, with Brad Swanson's training and, uh, then the, the trip overall was wrapped up with Chris and I driving back to the airport on, on a winding Brazilian road over, over a bridge near the island of Florianopolis with, with the 007 theme song playing in it. And it was just perfect. Um, and what about you, Brit? Unfortunately, you were not in Brazil with us. That would have been fun. I,
0: I wasn't. I wasn't. Um, I just got back from Vegas from a conference called MicroConf. Um, and then uh, what seems like three months leading up to that, I was on this intense sprint to just get caught up with all the new work that we've been bringing in. And so my life uh, most recently has been sort of around project management, which is new for me. Um, I learned about a new type of tool called port, Project Portfolio Management, which is the idea of managing many projects at a bird's eye view, which is something that I clearly need as I start to realize that I'm planning and, and creating timelines in a really, really bad way. So less development, <laughs> more management, which I don't know how I feel about that. I, I really enjoy development, but I think that in order for Secret Stash to grow, I, I have to sort of step away and start putting teams together. So yeah, so, so tripping through that like I trip through everything else in business.
1: Sounds pretty good. That is the right way to grow. Um, definitely want to see your success there. So this week we're going to talk about um, AWS again. The last two episodes we talked about various things that Kelsys uses on AWS and things that we're looking at using on AWS. And one of the things that came out of that was a conversation that Chris and I had in Brazil just about AWS and overall and and the speed at which it's growing and changing and how hard it is to keep up with all the new stuff that AWS is putting out. and so I guess we'll call this this idea is that maybe AWS will be crushed by its own weight. If they continue growing at their own at the pace they're growing at now, And they don't, and nothing changes. I don't think that people will be able to keep up. I don't think that you know it's going to work for them. Um, And I don't know. I I think we can speculate a little bit about that. Let's start. Let's just start by by talking about how fast it is growing, and and what we think will happen if nothing changes. Maybe Chris, you can talk about that a little bit. Sure. Yeah. I I don't. I've I've seen the graphs. I don't have them in front of me but uh, it definitely I can did. tell you I can tell you one thing is that two thousand and sixteen, I think they were up to five hundred some capabilities, and then that the year after that it was seven hundred something um and that that it's it's not a flat, you know, it's not a it's not a straight line. It's definitely a curved line up and to the right in terms right. of that. they're they're accelerating, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah,
2: and okay, I think there, there's there's two ways of measuring it. One is just like, The number of services that you see on the AWS console. Um, and I think that's gone from a handful when, when kind of in the early days of AWS to I think it's up to like in about 150 now, um, just on the AWS console. And then, um, AWS will break it out and say, um, capabilities as well. So like major features of, of those, of those high level services as well and and I think at reinvent it was over they were up over a thousand um in that just added in that year I think they're basically shipping three a day um so so a pretty tremendous pace and um yeah it's it's uh obviously they're not going to slow down <laughs> um Amazon is on a hiring, right. hiring binge their their aspirations are um Limitless. They they are getting into each and every vertical I think there is out there, um, and as they do that, they just there's more and more um, just core services that they need to to build those businesses, and that's AWS, and they'll continue expanding that. So the pace is
1: not going to slow down. Let's just think about that for a second. Three new capabilities a day, maybe even more than that. That that means if they take the weekends off. Um, if you're a developer or a CIO or a CTO, that's 15 new things a week that may help you get your job done. Um, and, we, and just even knowing what those are is one thing. Go
0: ahead. Can we define what a capability means in this context? Are we talking about like a new service so that it has a brand name for it or is it just something that's a feature added to another service?
2: Yeah, it's it, it's a feature that warrants telling users about. So, uh, Amazon will actually they'll, they basically publish um, releases that kind of dictate, like here, here's what's new um, this week um, type thing. So I think it's anything that is is big enough to to warrant inclusion in that they would they would define as a capability. Gotcha.
1: Right, and so so rich if if one of the capabilities is like oh now you know this service supports uploading by PDF document, just for example. That could be something that could really be useful to somebody. And knowing about that and having that as part of your your body of knowledge and your tool belts could be could be great. But, uh, but the real point I was trying to make is that I don't think anybody has the mental space for keeping on top of 15 new things from AWS every week, let alone all the other things that you're supposed to know about that have nothing to do with AWS, like changes in your development language, changes in other third-party tools that you use, changes in the way... Um, you know, people think about doing Agile programming and, and project management, just all the things that are that are happening, uh, keeping up with, eight, you know, 15 AWS capabilities a week is just, it's kind of untenable. It's kind of impossible. Maybe just to drive that example home a little
2: bit more of the, oh, just kind of what a capability is. Um, a very real world example recently, um, AWS um, announced that they, they released a new service discoverability feature in ECS, where they're now um, integrating ECS with Route 53 um, to, to do basically DNS updates um, as a way for um, applications to access your, um, your services instead of going through a load balancer. So actually, like a pretty huge feature that for AWS is like, oh, there's just that's it's one of those those 3 a day that they're doing and and something like that actually has pretty big ramifications to someone that is using ECS. Yeah, great
1: example, much more relevant to what we typically talk about. Thank you. So yeah, what'll happen? I mean, let's just imagine if if nothing changes, what's going to happen to AWS and people that use it? I mean, I it's it's
2: you know, it's going to get more complicated. There's, there's more services. Each one of those services have become uh, richer, um, more features. Um, I think, you know, if, if nothing else happens at the very least, people will just find their, their comfort zone of, of the services that they they're used and familiar with and they'll, they'll stick to that set. Right. Um, and they, they just, everything else will be just noise for them. Um, and that's what they're, you know, Barring anything else, that's kind of like what you have to do. Exactly.
1: Yeah, and that's exactly what I was looking for. So, and and it's a, it's an important thing, and it and it really matters to their market. Just before we got on this call, I was having a conversation on a Slack group called Hang and somebody said something a little snarky about ECS. Um, basically, the the way the conversation was going was that um, somebody said. Wow, with EKS, which is AWS's new Kubernetes-based um, clustering and orchestration system, um, with EKS coming out, what's going to happen to all these people who have dedicated their careers to managing Kubernetes? And, you know, the answer is supposed to be, oh, they're going to have to retool and find other jobs. But somebody snarkily said that, well, if EKS is anything like ECS, then nothing. People will just go about doing the same thing that they're, they've always been doing. And underneath that snark and sarcasm was just this, this assumption that ECS was no good, that, that it's kind of a useless tool. And, um, so the expectation would be that EKS would also be a useless tool. But then I, I challenged that. I said, wait a minute, you know, we're, we're having some pretty good luck with ECS and I'm just kind of curious what you don't like about it. What, what's not working for you with ECS? Um, and why would you want, you know, why would you say that? Uh, and, you know, the answer was, oh, well, it's so narrowly focused and it's just kind of a toy. And it's, you know, a lot of, a lot of AWS services are pretty narrowly focused compared to their more open competitors. And then other people within HangOps immediately jumped to ECS's defense and said, no, 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 wait, wait, you know, you haven't used it. You, you admit not having used ECS in a, in a year and a half. And it's come a long way since then. Um, It's, it's got all these features now and all these capabilities. You know, it's tied into the way load balancers work in a way that, that is super powerful. And, you know, we've been loving it. That was kind of everybody jumped on and kind of defended ECS. And the point I'm trying to make here is that somebody evaluated ECS about a year and a half ago, decided it wasn't for him and then uh, moved on and, and really got entrenched using Kubernetes. Meanwhile, ECS has been improving super fast and now is a really good tool. And that person just didn't know that. And it's not not that person's fault. He just hasn't been able to keep up with the, the pace of AWS improvements. And so his view of the world is is completely outdated now. And I think he is he is the absolute example of what's happening to everybody. And this is actually you know bad for AWS because of if, if people Think you know if people are not keeping up with AWS, then they then they have no idea you know, and they may say they may say things, tell each other things that are not true about AWS, and and then cause people to not select AWS as their as their solution when maybe it would would be a good solution for them. I'm just trying to think what else what else might happen to AWS. Um, I guess another thing would be. You know, full-on services, complete services, just kind of dying on the vine. Um, and that—that's probably a little more natural. Have you noticed that that's ever happened when it, with any of the services? Do that like? Can you think of Chris any services that they've just decided to sunset because they weren't good enough?
2: Yeah, I'm sure they have. I can't think any off, offhand other than. If I were to bet, I would say Beanstalk is <laughs> definitely one of those
1: services that we may see go away. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, that's a good example of one. Still, though, probably got a lot of usage, a lot of people on it. They
2: do have a um, a NoSQL database that's kind of like Dynamo Light, um, and I would imagine that the use cases that support is is dwindling rapidly and. That service will go away and so absolutely there's there's pruning that happens that this is no different than a company with a suite of products and some products are going to be winners in the marketplace and other ones are are not it's going to constantly be evolving so um absolutely there'll be there'll be some that that wither away and, and get pruned off the, the
1: aws tree while many new branches are 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 growing as we talk about this, one thing that strikes me is that AWS in general does seem to keep support for a lot of their products kind of indefinitely. Um, I think about Google um, and you know, half the, it feels like half the time I'm reading about new Google services and the other half the time I'm reading about Google services that are going away. Um, and that doesn't seem to be the case with AWS. It seems like you're all, only ever reading about new ones. And it may be because they just are so good at Uh, vacuuming in development talent that they can just continue to fan out and just maintain everything and add new stuff at the same time. I wonder if that has
0: something to do with how AWS actually sort of found itself into the market, right? So like AWS wasn't called that, but it was being used for amazon.com for a long time before the rest of us started to use it. Whereas Mm -hmm. most Google products were really always just built for other people to use. And so I, I wonder if it's growth doesn't really matter or the fact that they have these products that we don't use may continue to be used because it powers the amazon.com like infrastructure itself. And I think that's sort of an interesting thing about AWS is that, yeah, if if they're, if they're launching three features per day, I mean, to what degree is that for everyone else? And to what degree is that for them internally? And so do they really need to have
2: success at every corner with these products? Yeah, I mean, th- there's no doubt that Amazon itself is a big customer AWS, although it's not the biggest customer, um, and it, it is just just one um, one out there. So I I think it's probably safe to say that just about every service that or capability, even that that AWS launches, it's it actually is coming from customer input. Um, there's people out there that that absolutely want that. Yeah. I mean, maybe they're, you know, Amazon has, they haven't had this problem of like constantly deprecating services just because they have some kind of like minimum threshold user base using it. Um, probably doesn't cost too terribly much to, to keep it going. Um, especially considering their, their talent pool and just how many folks they have working for, for Amazon now. And there is a bit of kind of uh all that investment of, of just everything that they're doing and kind of like the core infrastructure type stuff that makes it more
1: economical to, to run those things that are, that are less popular. Right. I, I feel like this creates two business opportunities. Um, because, you know, honestly, I do think that they're making a little bit of a mistake by, by, um, fanning out and growing sort of at breakneck speed without, Making any kind of prioritization clear, or and without kind of addressing the overall navigability problem of their products and services, this, this is a problem for them. I mean, it's unapproachable. Um, this, you know, this morning I was having a meeting with one of the Kelsis developers, and he's excited that he's been doing. A lot of back end work and feels like he's, he's made good strides there. Uh, but that he felt like one of his biggest weaknesses we up to speed on AWS and all of it, all of the things that we do in there. And it's like, yeah, join the club, man. Even, even everybody feels that way. Every, you know, from you all the way to, to me and Chris and everybody on the team just feels like we're always a little behind on the AWS. And that constant feeling of being, feeling a little, a little behind on it is, You know, it's not a good one as a software developer. You want to feel like you maybe only slightly behind or or you only have a couple of things to catch up on, but not that you're just like the boat is sailing away from you. So the two business opportunities I think that this creates are one, um, you know, there's a couple of other pretty major cloud providers out there. uh, Microsoft and Google, Azure and I can't remember, G Cloud, I guess it's called. Those have an opportunity to present themselves in a different light. And I can already see Microsoft. Trying to present itself in a much more approachable way. I, I don't have a lot of data there or detail. Do you have any more? Like, is that just is my intuition? Do you feel like that's correct? My intuition that Azure is trying to make itself look a little more approachable than AWS?
2: I think Azure just has a different um, target customer base mm-hmm. that's more important to them. So they're, they're definitely more enterprise. Um, and I think they have a lot more of folks trying to get them. Off of being uh, having on-prem uh, compute to move into the cloud, so they're they're much better in the hybrid space. Um, just the enterprise tools and and migration and whatnot versus AWS was really built from the ground up. It's really targeted on web companies um, and, mm-hmm. and startups and and whatnot. So not having that kind of like starting from day one in the cloud as opposed to Having this this story where you're you're a more established business that you now need to transition to the cloud, so I think they're different um, different customer segments, and so that kind of dictates how those each of those businesses grow. With Azure taking um, some different different approaches than AWS. That said, Azure for the most part, along with Google, they're playing catch up to AWS. So AWS yeah. comes out with a with a major service that's kind of like that the marketplace likes guaranteed. Um, you know, eighteen months later. Azure and, and Google will have it. So happen with Lambda, happen with, <laughs> right you no know, SQL. It's just, you know, across the board, they're, they're playing
1: catch up. Right. Right. So I guess it remains to be seen, you know, whether people are, are kind of aware of this problem, aware of the unapproachability of, of the proliferation of cloud services and whether either Google or Azure will, um, take advantage of their opportunity to make it more approachable, um, I guess at least at least from my perspective in terms of the marketing that Azure has done, um, while, while I agree that they are marketing to the enterprise and and absolutely they're they're trying to get people off on-prem service, servers into the cloud, it does just something about it. maybe it's the colors, um, the, cl- the soft clouds. there's something softer about it, something something that feels a little bit inviting. Um, you know, join this like like more comfortable place to be in. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see if they start to pull you know if they start to pull in web companies that'll be pretty fascinating yeah I think the other thing to keep in mind too with Microsoft is just I mean they're
2: they are a packaged software company right they take product design very seriously they always have um, they're basically a retail company they're they're you know building products for the retail space so that's part of their deep DNA and that's kind of how they're building that Azure so that's why there's you know they're their software and and their UIs are much more thought out and designed and integrated and consistent versus Amazon is kind of like, you know what, we're just going to give you the APIs and we're not going to have any consistency um, across UIs for <laughs> each one of these services. Some of them are going to be command lines. Some of them are going to you know look like a high school project, um, but <laughs> they're, they're going to get the job done. Right. And it's like, It's not going to really slow you down, but like that's just not something that they're prioritizing on, right? They're not saying like it doesn't need to be pretty and consistent and all integrated. Um, Instead, we're just going to give you the APIs that you need to get your job done.
1: Yes, exactly. So, you know, um, one of the things that we wanted to do is a lot of our, a lot of these conversations have been around an hour and we realized that people's time is pretty valuable and they may not want to listen to us every week pontificate for an hour. So we decided that we want to keep these down to more like about 20 minutes. And right now we're kind of wrapping up on a thought around okay, so AWS is growing out of control. These other cloud companies have an opportunity. There's still more to discuss here. I think there's there's another business opportunity that that I'd like to talk about. So maybe we can wait for the next episode of MobyCast to do that. Sounds good. All right. Well thank you, Chris and Rich, for joining me this week and looking forward to talking to you again. Take care. Great. Thanks, guys. Well,
0: dear listener, you made it to the end. We appreciate your time and invite you to continue the conversation with us online. This episode, along with show notes and other valuable resources, is available at mobicast.fm forward slash one zero. If you have any questions or additional insights, we encourage you to leave us a comment there. Thank you, and we'll see you again next week.